0: Let's pray. Holy and gracious Father, there's such a wonderful announcement you make to us in the gospel reading today. Lord, give us ears to hear and hearts to trust your amazing proclamation to us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. How many days are left until Christmas? Four. Wow, it's It's here. Have you been receiving your Christmas cards? Little less than than usual, but I still we still get the Christmas cards. I like Christmas cards. Not everyone likes them. I, I always like them. I mean, in fact, I like anything in the mail that's not a bill. <laughs> when it comes to Christmas cards, though, there's a hierarchy for me. There's three levels of Christmas cards. The first is is simply the card that you get from a business. Thanking you for the past year's business. These cards are by f- far the most elaborate of all the cards. They're beautiful. They're ornate. They're, they're large. They're, it's beautiful. Inside, though, is a little, their name stamped on it, you know, and it's thanking you for past business and hoping that you'll continue in the new year. It's a nice card. It's not very personal, but it's a nice card. Husbands, never give your wife this kind of card. In my mind, start started imagining that, right? He's stamping, I love you. <laughs> that one doesn't work. The second kind of card, the middle card, is the one that you get from family and friends that usually have two things. Either they have the picture on it of the family, or inside they have the letter in it telling you about the, the highlights. And I love these cards. Um, Jamie and I keep the pictures up for the whole year. It's a wonderful way to see how people are, are aging. <laughs> and... <laughs> I mean that in the best way. I mean it in the best way. Right? You see these kids getting older and growing. It's great. Or when you read the letter, the the letter is great because you get to hear the highlights from the year. It's a fun year for people, all kinds of adventures. It's a way of, of catching up. And so that's a wonderful letter. Now, on the top, though, the jackpot of all letters is the letter, is the card with the personal handwritten message. That's the best, right? These cards, you know, take time and care. Some are elaborate. Some are simple. Some are from your grandma, and they have $5 in it, and a little note saying, you know, have fun, you know, son, or grandson. Right? I love those cards because they're filled with love. They're filled with care. They don't have to be ornate. They don't even have to have a lot of words, but because it's grandma's words or your cousin's words. They mean the world to you. They're the kind of cards that you you keep and you treasure because they're filled with so much love. In our reading from Luke, we see that Mary gets a Christmas card of sorts from God. Mary gets an announcement, and it's a great announcement. It's filled with love. It's personal Filled with hope. It's a glorious announcement to her. In our reading from Luke chapter 1, verse 28, the angel Gabriel says these words to Mary. Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. These are amazing words. Each phrase is important. The first phrase, greetings, literally means rejoice. Rejoice. It occurs only a few times in the Old Testament, in the Septuagint, the Greek version of the Hebrew. It only occurs a few times, and every time it occurs, it speaks of the day of salvation. That word rejoice, Zephaniah and Zechariah say this about the day of salvation. They say they write that on the day, the daughter of Zion will rejoice because the Lord is with her as her king and savior. Now, do you understand that? To Mary, then, this greetings, greetings, it's rejoice, O daughter of Zion, right? Because the Lord is with you as King and Savior. This is a loaded word. It's a great word. Rejoice. Rejoice. The day of salvation is here. The Lord is with you, Mary, O daughter of Zion. The Lord is your King and your Savior. The next phrase is, rejoice, you who are favored. That literally means you who've been graced by God. And this is important because most of us when we think of Mary, we think, oh, it's she's favored because she's the most virtuous, or she's favored because she's the most pure. She's favored because of something that she's done. But that's not how grace works. That's how merit works. That's how... Wages work. God's not giving her a wage for well done, being well done, good and faithful. God is gracing her. God is blessing her. God is picking her. God is handpicking her for a special task. Rejoice, O favored one, you who've been graced by God. And then the last part, the last statement says, For the Lord is with you. And this is completely true, right? Because God's not only with her, for her, but literally, the Lord will be in her womb. The Lord is with her. And so by saying, greetings, you who are favored, the Lord is with you, the angel's really saying, rejoice, Mary, daughter of Zion. God is gracing you to be part of his plan. The Lord is with you. He's in your womb. You will bear Jesus, the Son of the Most High, the King of Israel, the seed of Eve that will crush the serpent's head. Oh, what glorious news. What a fantastic announcement. It's beautiful. It's powerful. Can you even begin to imagine how Mary received this greeting? I mean, I can't even fathom it. I mean, you think about the complexities of this. This is overwhelming. I mean, first of all, Mary gets to have, gets to be part of what the people of the Old Testament only dreamed about. For thousands of years, people had hoped for the coming Messiah. Mary gets to have the coming Messiah in her womb. She's part of this plan of salvation. I mean, all those hopes, all those stories, all those Old Testament passages, that's part of who she is now. She's part of that plan. Talk about overwhelming. And even more than that, you have have the fact that that God has handpicked her for it. God's chosen her. And we'd all love to be handpicked, chosen by God for a special task. We all would. I mean, in seminary, I, I, I dreamed of the days when I was in my prayer chapel and I could hear the heavens rip open and say, Russ, you know, oh, I want you to do this. I mean, we all want that. Mary gets it. She's a special place in God's salvation. Oh, the joy of that. And then the last word, that the Lord is with her, I mean, We all know what it's like to think that God is distant from us, that God's not close. We wonder, where are you at, God, in some things like that, when things happen? Whenever Mary doubts, all she has to do is pat her tummy, and she can know that the Lord is with her in a very special way. Oh, the the beauty, the power, of this statement, the awe. Now, I must confess, the sinner that I am, I would love to hear this message, not that I'd love to have a child, no, no. I'd love to hear the message, because it'd be so great, it's the eternal trump card, right? I mean, if someone's bragging about their children, you're going to say, well, (laughs) my child's the son of God. (laughs) Right? Or Christmas letter time, when everyone's... (laughs) Right, you know how it works. You get to title your letter, Life Raising the Son of God. You know, this year, my son walked on water. What did yours do? <clears throat> he healed three kids, raised one from the dead, <laughs> cast out five demons, and this was just January. I mean, that would be great. It's probably good, the Lord. I know why the Lord didn't choose me for that task. <laughs> what a great trump card. Now, in all seriousness, though, I tried to get into how Mary must have felt, and I, so I asked my confirmation kids. We read the passage, and I asked how they felt about it, and they're about the same age as, as Mary was. So I asked them, you know, when you hear these words, how do you feel? And they all said, afraid. I said, well, yeah, but the Lord's with you. They go, well, that's fine, but it's still frightening. I asked, why? They said, you know, first of all, she's young. It would scare us to death. And then they said, you know, she's raising, she's going to raise the Son of God. I mean there's is there any room for messing up you know and then but then deeper they said and this is what really shocked me and they're so brilliant i love my confirmation class because they said can anyone relate to mary i mean no one can she has to go through something that no one else can truly identify with frightening that was their word They're so brilliant. They got it right. Because in the very next verse, after hearing this glorious, frightening message, Mary, it says, is greatly troubled by these words. She's distressed. She's not thinking how she could trump everyone. She's afraid. And so she wonders how this can be. How can this be? The angel gives the answer. Nothing's impossible with God. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the Most High will overshadow you. And that, you might remember, goes way back to the Old Testament, when the tabernacle in the wilderness was in the wilderness. The glory of God overshadowed it with His presence. And so, Mary, the glory of God will overshadow you, and you will have a child. How do you like that answer? It's kind of nice. It's it's biblical. But it's not very technical. Right? For the scientists out out there, engineers, you kind of want more. Right? How is this going to happen, Lord? Give us the details. Give us the plan. How can this be? But what would happen if God actually gave us the details on how the Messiah would be born? Exactly. What would we do with that? What would you do if you knew how to to make the Messiah? You would make them, right? If you had the DNA code to make the Messiah, you would do it. We would all do it, right? We might skew it just a little bit. Don't be the Messiah for the whole world, but be the Messiah for America, or be the Messiah for California, you know, fix our, our, our state, or be the California, be the Messiah for Reformation Lutheran Church. Wouldn't that be nice? No, the Lord has to cover it in mystery, just as he covered Eve's creation in mystery, so that we don't know all the details, so that we can only receive this as a gift from God to us, so that we can't make our own Messiah. We have to receive the one that God gives us. It's important. And yet, I don't think Mary's asking the question, how can this be in a scientific, technical way? It's more theological. I think her question is, is this. How can she, a young girl, become the tabernacle of God? How can she help bring about the fulfillment of the Old Testament promise? How can she bear the seed that will crush the serpent's head? She is a young girl. She's a lowly maiden. She's a sinner like the rest of us. How can she do this? There's no possible way that she can do this. But isn't that exactly then the point? Isn't that the point? Mary is a lowly maiden. Why? Because Christ came for the lowly. And Mary is a sinner like you and me. Why? Because Christ was willing to be born under the law in order to redeem those who are under the law. Galatians 4. This is not about merit at all. It's about grace. Mary does not deserve it. No one ever deserves grace. That's called a wage if you deserve it. It's merit if you deserve it. But we're talking about grace. We're talking about God's goodness. We're talking about God's love. We're talking about God's mercy. We're talking about God reaching down to us, not waiting for us to climb up to him. We're talking about gift language, love language. God's love for this world that he would reach down and meet us by sending the Messiah. As St. Paul reminds us, God chooses the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chooses the weak things of the world to shame the strong, the base things of the world to shame the the despised. God has chosen things that are not, that he might nullify the things that are, so that no one should boast before God, but instead boast in the Lord. That's why God chose Mary. And the greatest miracle in this whole passage, the greatest miracle isn't the angel showing up, isn't even the message. The greatest miracle is that Mary believed it. She trusted it. She took those words, not yet pregnant, and said, I believe. Oh, the grace of God was active that day. And as she believed, she received the body of Christ into her womb. Really, the first to ever take the sacrament. To hear the words, not understand how it works, but to believe it and then receive Christ into her. It's powerful stuff. And yet the good news is the announcement made 2,000 years ago is being announced even today to you in this place. For God has a Christmas card for you. The announcement made 2,000 years ago is ringing today as well. It extends to you. And even though I am no angel... And Jamie can testify to that. These words are heavenly. Today at the Lord's table, God Almighty is saying to you, Rejoice, O favored ones. The Lord is with you. Receive the body of Christ. And the good news is God has handpicked you. God has chosen you. God has grabbed you and said, I want you to have this meal. In love, God predestined us, Ephesians says, to be adopted, handpicked as the children of God. God wants you on this day according to his pleasure and goodwill. And in holy baptism, Christ has united himself to you. He is closer to you than you are even to yourself. He is with you. And in the meal, the Lord Almighty overshadows the bread and wine, for you. He is with you in this meal. Now, you might object and ask, how can this be? How does this work? I can't give you a scientific answer. I can only say God has promised, and God is not a liar. You can trust him when he says he is present here. Others might wonder why God would enter bread and wine for you. You know your sin. You know, you don't read your Bible enough. You don't say your prayers enough. You're not a very good neighbor. You don't love your neighbor enough. Why would God stoop so low for you? Grace. Love. Mercy. That's why God will do whatever it takes to say, I love you. And he does in this meal. And yet, isn't it hard to shake those devil's ac- the devil's accusations, always condemning you, always telling you what a, what a terrible believer you are, a terrible Christian? Well, don't you understand? You have an eternal trump card. That trump card where you could brag to all the other neighbors, you know? You have a trump card as well to say, my brother is Christ, and I receive him, and he loves me. And so devil, take your accusations, shove it. Get behind me, Satan. And I'm quoting Luther there. So so if you're mad at me, take it up with Luther, because that's how he talks. Get behind me, Satan. Because God loves me. Christ has forgiven me. The Almighty enters bread and wine for me. So take your accusations, devil, and sinner within me. Take your doubt. Be gone. Because God loves me. God loves you. Nothing is impossible with God. Come to the table and receive him. Talk about hitting the jackpot. There's not a better Christmas card you'll have all year long. In Jesus' name. Amen.